Yeah, it's the Storm Tracker podcast. We are back in Virginia. Takes a L from Miami in four overtimes Saturday. Crazy game, ugly game. It was a snooze fest. But if you stayed until the end, you saw a thrilling end where Jake Garcia ran it uh, right to the pylon for the touch for the two point conversion rather for a 14-12 win. Miami goes into Charlottesville and gets their second ACC win of the season. But Geo, man, it was ugly, man. It, it was it was not a, a, a good a game until I would say the end of regulation, the very end of regulation and overtime is when it became compelling drama. But a win is a win. Miami gets back in the the win column. Uh, just just kind of watching the game. What what were your takeaways? Yeah, so I like the way that Miami's defense had played in this game. I I felt like they did pretty good for the most part. So a couple of chunk plays here and there in the past game. Uh, there was kind of a uh, miscue there between Al Blades and uh, DJ Ivy just tripping each other up <laughs> on a on a pass play there. But I liked what I saw from Leonard Taylor. Huge game, four tackles for loss, uh, sack and a half in this game. I think uh, it probably had to have been his best game yet as a Miami Hurricane. I play a lot of snaps in this yeah. game. Uh, actually liked what I saw from Jafari Harvey and especially Nigeli Kelly. You know, it's nice to have a freshman defensive end towards the end of the season, really starting to get in a groove there. Uh, his progress is really starting to show up. I said that during the game, and it's it's really starting to show. But in terms of the offense, no touchdowns. No touchdowns through four quarters. And it's thing, – things are getting a little, a little questionable there with the offense. Uh, I mean, we've had our questions already this season, but no touchdowns in this game at all. Uh, Miami was averaging just about 18 points per game against Power 5 opponents uh, going into this game on offense. That's it, not good, and especially not scoring a touchdown in this game. It, you know, like you said, Marcus, it was ugly, but they did come out with a win. A win is a win. Uh, you could say positives about the defense, the offense. There's a lot of questions, uh, a lot of questions that still linger, you know, Will Tyler Van Dyke be back uh, this week for Florida State? Um, you know, I think Miami has something good going for them with Henry Parrish. You know, another 100-yard performance, his third of the season. But, uh, Marcus, what's what's your take? Well, Virginia's not a good team, man. <laughs> Virginia's just that they're not a good team, and Miami got by a bad team on the road in the ACC. So credit to the Miami Hurricanes for pulling out the victory. However, Virginia, they're not world beaters. They're at the bottom of the ACC. Let's just be honest about it and call it spade a spade. Jake Garcia struggled to move the ball through the air. Besides a couple of connections to Kobe Young, this was not a good game for Jake Garcia, although he had the game-winning touchdown, the game, um, the game-winning score, I should say. But uh, it was not a good game for Jake Garcia. He, you know, was was not the guy that you were hoping to see 
he was playing not to lose this game, I thought. And that's exactly what happened. He played not to lose, and Miami did not lose. He played very conservatively. Credit to him for not turning the ball over. So I give him credit for that. But other than that, he, you know, didn't really do anything to excite myself or any Hurricanes fans around the world. And it's concerning because we're going into Florida State week now. And you are hoping that TVD is ready to go for this game because from what I saw from Jake Garcia, it was very, very underwhelming. Uh, But like you said, the defense came through, man. The defense stepped up big time. Now, uh, again, Virginia, not a good team. They're they're at the bottom of the ACC, just like Miami's other uh, ACC win against Virginia Tech. These these are teams that probably not going to make a bowl game this season. So happy to get a win. It would have been extremely devastating if the Hurricanes lost uh, to a to uh, uh, Virginia on Saturday, but they were able to pull it out. Virginia missed missed some opportunities, and and I I noted this in in the take my takeaways piece. They just missed some opportunities to to really score points in this game. There was a drop touchdown on a fourth down. Uh, uh, the receiver, after a big gain, tripped over his feet before going into the end zone. They had their opportunities. Um, and the, the other takeaway, too, is that Miami still can't stop the QB run for some reason. Like, for I mean, you, you knew that last week with Duke. You knew that this week with Virginia. Yet you still can't stop the QB run on critical third downs. That was kind of the most frustrating thing for me to see on defense. But overall, the defense played really well. Leonard Taylor set the world on fire, and so did Mitchell Agude. I have to shout him out as well. He had a big game, and he's a guy who I thought was going to eventually be the starter, and he finally got the start last, uh, well, yesterday. And – and he, you know, really showed why Miami was so high on him. Um, you know the you know the transfer from from UCLA. So great game from from Mitchell Agude. But you know this this was a game that was a sight for sore eyes, man. It, until 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 overtime, it, it was. It was fun to watch in overtime. It was fun to watch at the end of the game. Those late game situations with Jake with Jake Garcia and and Gaddis. I feel like Gaddis doesn't trust Garcia, and we need TVD back if we want to be assured of a competitive game against FSU this week. Yeah, you know, just to double back on the defense again, and just speaking about the secondary, uh, you know, it's been a lot of ups and downs with that defensive backfield this season. You know, I feel a little more concerned with the cornerback position moving forward, not as much with the safeties. They have their moments too, where there's some lows and highs, but a a lot of head scratching moments between the cornerbacks. 
I do have to credit, though, Tyreek Stevenson. I feel he has been playing some of his best football at Miami the at least these past two weeks. He's been playing very good. Yeah, um, definitely his last two games for sure. Cameron Kinchins, though, uh, you know, he did have that one missed tackle that I was just like, whoa, Cam, come on. But, you yeah. know, it's, sometimes you have to kind of – it's kind of the saying of it's a kind of give and take. And it was a lot of give from him, you know, one take there. But, you know, that pass deflection breakup in overtime, another pass deflection breakup he had on a on a red zone drive uh, yeah. from, the, from the Cavaliers, you know. I felt Cameron Kinchins had a pretty good game as well. But, you know, I, I totally agree with you in terms of, of the offense, though, with Jake Garcia. He did not look comfortable. Uh, didn't seem like they really trusted him to throw the ball downfield as much, uh, even though I've had my questions about how much Miami really is trying to throw the ball down the field just throughout the season. But it, it seemed like little to no shots, uh, at least in yesterday's game. So the offensive line, that's that's the main thing I want to touch on here. Uh, I liked what I saw from Inez Cooper. When was the last yeah. time you've seen an offensive lineman? And not only that, a freshman offensive lineman blocking guys downfield once he gets to the second level. I would say the last time is probably Navon Donaldson. Uh, it's yes. probably the last time. <laughs> so, so, yeah, man, he, he was – he he was a bright spot and he was a surprise start too. Like there were a couple of surprise starts in this game, Geo. Like, um, I mean, hopefully we'll get some more information from Monday's press conference. But there was a lot of absent players. You know, <laughs> like this this team is really hurting when it comes to depth, and that's not necessarily fault of this Cristobal staff. It's kind of a fault of the, of the, the Diaz staff of really not stocking up with, with players over the years because you'd lose one or two guys. I mean, just to see Ryan Rangon out there, I was just like, I can't believe this guy is out there. You know, like that's how, that's how bad the depth is, especially at linebacker. So Keontre Smith, didn't play in this game. Um, and Caleb Johnson played for the most part with Corey Flagg. But uh, Wesley Saint got hurt in this game. No James Williams in this one. Akeem Mesidor gets hurt in this one. Um, and then uh, Jalen Knighton and Thad Franklin were basically no-shows. Uh, you know, but uh, the one bright spot was X coming back, you know, our boy Xavier Restrepo back in the game. But Miami's got considerable issues when it comes to depth. Yeah, uh, just a little injury update there. I don't, I don't know if this has been put out there yet or not, I, at least to my recollection. I haven't seen this out there by any publication. I have been told that Chase Smith, the um, sophomore linebacker, he is actually going to be out for an extended period of time with an injury. So it doesn't seem like he'll be coming back this season, actually. Wow. That, that sucks, man. Uh, hopefully Wesley Besant is okay. Um, well, Chris Ball, after the game, said that he's probably okay. Uh, James Williams was a game-time decision. 
uh, going into it. And it's, I'm pretty sure he'll be back for Florida State. But the real question, Gio, is is Tyler Van Dyke coming back for this Florida State game? That is a very good question. And I had a very important phone call that came in last night from Source. Uh, there is growing confidence, at least internally right now, that Tyler Van Dyke could play next Saturday. Uh, that was eye-opening news to me as well. You know, uh, I was hearing Georgia Tech week before. Uh, seems like that has moved up a bit. I know he was in a sling uh, during this past week heading into this Virginia game. I uh, yeah. really didn't practice at all last week. So uh, maybe is it wishful thinking? We'll see. Um, I'm waiting to confirm that more. I'm going to find out exactly what's going on at practice this week. Uh, see if TBD gives a swing at it this week. But I I do think Miami needs him to have a real shot in this Florida oh, yeah. State. Oh, yeah. Based on what we saw Saturday, Gio, from, from our guy, Jake Garcia, um, he, he he is desperately needed uh, at this point um, just to push the ball down the field. I mean, I mean, he, he, you can be checked down Jake all day, but that's not going to work against Florida State. I mean, Florida State is – I mean, they're not world beaters, but, you know, they they pulled out some decent wins. Um, you know, they opened up the season with a win over LSU. Uh, LSU is, is a decent team right now, so it's not like they're, they're terrible. So uh, Florida State looked pretty good against Georgia Tech, although – Georgia Tech doesn't have their quarterback now, so they're a little, you know, maybe a shell of what they used to be from earlier in the season. But um, it's going to be a challenging game, man. It's going to be a challenging game. It's going to be, you know, it's Miami FSU, though. Miami FSU is it's my favorite time of the year, man. It, it's really, to me, the best rivalry in college football. Obviously, I'm biased saying that, but, um, you know, Miami FSU – you know, needs no introduction. It's it's one of the premier games of, of all sports every year, uh, no matter the record. And it's usually a thrilling game every season. Last year was it was a one that came down to the wire, and um, it, it's in prime time too. So I'm excited for it. Uh, excited for Miami because. This game will, to me, ultimately determine if they are going to a bowl game or not. If they win, I'm fully confident that they will they will be going bowling. If they lose, I'm almost as fully confident that they will not be going bowling. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, big game, obviously. Uh, your initial thoughts going into FSU week? It, it's like. It's like Christmas. It's Christmas week for me. I, you know, college football season, Miami FSU. Uh, maybe not the same type of meaning that it has had in many years past. But again, it's still, like you said, it still is one of the best, at least arguably, rivalries in just all of sports. Um, and what will be exciting is that atmosphere, at least for recruits. Uh, that stadium is going to be jumping because anytime Florida State comes to town or Miami heads to Tallahassee, it's a packed out stadium. 
So I would like to see how the team plays in an environment now with a packed out stadium, fans screaming, you can barely hear. Uh, I want to see how this team plays in that type of environment. Because it seemed like when they went to College Station, it seemed like they were ready for that type of environment. So it's a little interesting dynamic there. I know we're just I'm just talking about environment here, but it does matter to an extent. Now, yeah. in regards to that game, it's a great moment, at least for recruiting. Uh, there are, <laughs> at least from what I've compiled and what I've been told recently, uh, expect 40 plus, upwards of 40 plus. Wow. Four to five star prospects to be in attendance. 40 plus, four, those, four to five stars? Yes. Uh, some of those will be like, you know, just future blue chip guys. Like, you know, we have on the database, like some of the 2025 guys that may not be ranked yet, but are obvious guys that will be, you know, blue chip status. Some of those will be there too. It's uh, it's roughly around that ballpark that we're looking at. It's, it's going wow. to be a big weekend. Uh, that recruiting pavilion is going to be packed out. Um, if Miami wins that, that, uh, that after sort of party over there, uh, it's going to be pretty good for the coaches, but, um, there's, there's big names showing up too. We're going to have, a we're going to have just a early peek at that looking, we're looking at some time for release on that. Maybe, maybe today or tomorrow on the site. So anyone watching this stay on the lookout for that, but, uh, Marcus, anything else you want to add? Oh, as far as recruiting is concerned, yeah, it's it's huge, man. It 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 is going to be huge. I've heard some names as well. Uh, as far as I've heard, uh, actually, a repeat visitor from from the Duke game is actually coming back. Um, uh, I'm not going to say who he is, but he committed to an ACC school. Let's just say that, and he could be making his way back to Miami. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. It's Florida state, it's Miami, the Knowles versus the Canes. I'm excited. Um, but I do want to double back a little bit, Gio, because there was some, you know, news that you broke about certain running back on the team, possibly thinking about, uh, transferring out. Um, and then we didn't see. We didn't see, like I said, we didn't see Thad Franklin, and we didn't see Jalen Knighton at all see the field on, on, on Saturday. It was all about Henry Parrish, who I, I have to shout him out if we didn't already, but Henry Parrish had a monster game, um, over 100 yards, gave you everything that he had with every carry, and that's what you want uh, from your running back. I mean, he – almost literally carried this team to victory because without him on that final drive, I don't think Miami even, even gets this win. Also shout out to uh, Andy Borgalis as well for hitting four for four field goals. Lou Headley with his punts. I think he had 11, 10 or 11 punts on the day, something in that nature. Um, or no, there, there was, there was actually a total of, of that many for, for both teams. I have to go back to the stats. Eight punts, eight punts for 308 yards. I remember I tweeted yeah, that. Yeah, eight punts. That's right. So, so yeah, so he was solid. Just got to shout him out as well. Um, 
per usual. Um, but yeah, so back to the running back situation, Gio. I mean, what are you hearing on on, on the running backs? And why did we only see Henry Parrish and Lucius Stanley are the only backs that, that carried uh, the rock against Virginia? Yeah, well, it's a mix between intake of coaching from certain players and the other aspect there is also injuries as well. It's a mix of both. Um, Miami is expected to get back Don Chaney Jr. Uh, sometime between this week and Georgia Tech week. Uh, that was what was said before. If that will happen, we'll see. You know, it's we've seen a situation this year with Zion Nelson at left tackle, you know, just being told every week he's a game time decision, game time decision. Um, you know, it's we've gone through eight games and Zion Nelson has barely played so. Uh, it'll be an interesting thing to see with Don Chaney when he returns. It seems to me that, um, you know, it's and it's understandably uh, Jalen Knighton's role has diminished, uh, you know, just with fumbling issues. That is never a good thing uh, on the football field. You never want to turn over the ball, and especially at the, at the percentage rate that he has done this season. It's definitely alarming. Uh, Thad Franklin, his role has diminished in the last few games. Yes, you are correct about that. Uh, he is actually healthy, uh, Thad Franklin. So it's a bit of a surprise to me a bit. Uh, last game that he played in was that Virginia Tech game. Mm, it's just don't want to give too much away here, but uh, it's going to be an interesting situation going forward. Yeah, I'll say. I mean, I'm actually a little disappointed that these two guys are not, you know, showing not showing up. Uh, I mean, they're they're as in they're not in the games or they're not producing. Um, I'm, I'm a little disappointed at that because obviously these are kids that, you know, we've watched uh, very closely throughout their high school career since you know they were basically babies, and you know, um, both both of which were excelling at a very you know, high rate at a young age in high school. So we got to see them a lot uh, throughout their high school careers. And, you know, when, you know, they decided to commit to Miami, it kind of built up even more excitement. So you couldn't wait to see what they would do. And they both shown flashes here and there, but not living up to what they did in high school uh, by any extent. Um, and it's it's disappointing. I mean, we saw some flashes from 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 Rooster last season, but he's been a no show pretty much this entire season, except for like some moments against Texas A and M, were you know kind of kind of it. But other than that, it's really been lowlights from Rooster with the fumbles, and that is just not getting a run, literally. You know, uh, it just. It's a little baffling to me because I think he would serve as the power back that Miami needs. Uh, but it seems like that's that's what you'll have with Lucia Stanley because he gave you a couple of carries, um, you know, in between the tackles. And then I also like what I saw from Ja'Kari Brown, to, not to get off the subject a little bit, but Ja'Kari Brown running the football is something I want to see more. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, can, can we just get him the ball more like uh, in when he gets in the game? It's almost it's almost 
a little obvious of what he's going to do. It's like either his own read, he's pulling it, or it's just a straight-up QB draw. I want to see a little bit more creativity with when he is inserted into the game. Um, and maybe just kind of get him going with some short passes. I mean, we did see him throw a pass, finally, in this game. So Yeah, he had attempted three. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I want to see more Ja'Cory Brown, but yeah, a disappointing situation with Thad Franklin and Jalen Knighton. You know, I don't know what the future holds for them, but I hope they stay on the team. I hope they can contribute in some way. Um, but you know, more to come from KingsCounty.com as we'll continue to, you know, give you more information on that situation. Yeah, we'll see heading uh, close to December. Uh, there will be departures. Obviously, I don't want to single out any players' names on the podcast or whatnot, but there's been quite a few names tossed out to me from the source. Um, in terms of, of running back, just moving forward, uh, expect for Miami to push very hard to close with two running backs from the high school ranks, and they – do want to take one transfer portal running back. So that is their plan moving forward. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. I did hear that, you know, things have kind of cooled a little bit with Christopher Johnson. Um, you know, uh, that's a guy that's still on their radar. But, you know, from what I hear, since there's been kind of a, a back off on his end, then Miami's kind of doing the same thing, you know. It's like it's like when you're dating, you know. Like if yeah, feeling them out. Yeah, if girls kind of backing off or they're they're not, you know, really returning your texts, um, there's no reason to kind of keep pushing uh, because it seems like the interest may be somewhere else. Um, but you know that that's what I'm hearing. Um, hopefully they do close with a running back. You know, I'm pretty sure they will. They, but still sitting at zero running backs right now. Um, but uh, what one thing we do have to comment on, man? Like I just, you know, because we it was just kind of random news that came out of nowhere, which is Caleb Spencer, um, committing to Miami, flipping from Oklahoma to Miami in literally a span of you know just moments uh this was friday night which was which is kind of weird one because most high school players are playing on a friday night you usually don't expect a commitment to happen on friday night so it was out of left field uh but you know we reported on, on kingscounty.com that caleb spencer had visited and he was interested in miami uh, we were really the first ones to really kind of, uh, you know, bring that story uh, to light. And it just kind of grew into into what it is now uh, as far as, you know, him committing to Miami. Um, there is a film review on KeensCounty.com, which you can see, you know, highlights from him. He's a physical safety uh, seems very savvy when it comes to uh, football acumen. And finally, you got a safety on the board, too. So um, these kids are buying what Cristobal is selling. I, I do want to make that point. Cristobal and his staff 
is really doing a great job of selling the vision of this program. Because obviously it's not looking good on the field. You know, we all have eyes. We all see what's going on here. This is, uh, you know, a 6-6 six and six team to me or 7-5 and five at best team. And for, for them to be where they are right now, 7th in the country, definitely the highest ranked team when it comes to recruiting with the worst record. Yeah. And they are still doing what they do. So great to see Caleb Spencer. I think, I think before the week, I don't think we were like, yeah, we're going to get to, we're going to get to uh, commits this week with Cormani McLean and Caleb Spencer. Oh, I heard rumblings after the, after the Cormani commitment, uh, I just wasn't expecting Caleb Spencer to make a decision so soon. A little background on that on that recruitment as well, and just in general, uh, and this may excite some Canes fans. Uh, Mario Cristobal and his coaching staff, the way they are approaching recruiting, they don't care if a prospect is committed to another school, if they're leaning to another school, they will go after them if they deem that they are a take for the University of Miami. Now, on the flip side, uh, a lot of secretive uh, recruiting going on on Miami's end. Uh, there's a lot of prospects that are in play that Miami's not really pushing out there, and we've gotten word back on some of these, and we've seen it too, and you know, we've respected their decisions. They, they've said, you know, just don't put anything out yet. Um, it's going to be exciting moving forward because there is more names that – people may not be aware of yet or people may be aware of but they don't even know that Miami is still recruiting them there is some big names uh there will also be a few flips I was told uh coming down the stretch to early signing day I was told last night so it it's going to be interesting watching from now can you, can you tease like a little bit more like what those flips are going to be? You don't have to give it away, but can you give give the fans a little bit more on who could possibly flip to Miami? Uh, there, there's an offensive flip coming from what I was told, and I local. think is it local? What happened? Is it local? Oh, that would that, I think that would give it away too much. No, there's there's but, a lot of, there's a lot of local kids that could be possibly flipped. So yeah, yeah it's, so it's, 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 yes. local. <laughs> it's local. Okay. But uh in, in terms of surprises and stuff, uh I don't know if I would even classify uh Samson Okaloha as a surprise for Miami anymore. No, I, I wouldn't say that's a surprise. That that's kind of the only only commit for me that I think we're, we're just kind of waiting on it to happen. You know, um, everything else I think is kind of speculation or you, you, you don't quite know. Um, but I think that that's the one that I think everybody can probably, you know, bet some money on what would happen. <laughs> oh, and, and just to put some rumors to bed, because I've seen this running around on Twitter from Gator Twitter and Zeta Kane's fans and whatnot. Um, this is in terms of two of Miami's commits that I've seen people saying, oh, oh, my God, they're going to flip to UF. Or just, you know, guys like Uncle Silk on Gator Twitter saying, uh, oh, yeah, we're about to flip some Miami stuff. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. 
So, Canes fans, you can calm down. Jaden Rashada is not leaving Miami's class. He is locked in. And Malik Bryant is also locked in with Miami's class. So, you can breathe a sigh of relief moving forward. That sounds good, man. That sounds good. I mean, the fact that uh, that's another thing, too, because this day in this day and age, these kids, you know, they flip more than, you know, gymnastics athletes. So <laughs> it's 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 not out of the realm of possibility to to to, to think that one of these kids could flip. But I, I am hearing that one of the tight ends, uh, Miami could be possibly backing off i'm not going to say who but it one of the three tight ends that miami has committed to the class uh, i hear miami could be possibly you know um backing off but you know we'll, we'll see um how it all plays out um but that's what i'm hearing from you know a couple of different sources not just not just one so so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, that's probably the only one that that Miami may potentially lose from the class. But all of the other kids, uh, it, they seem pretty, pretty locked in uh, to this uh, class. All right. I think we've covered just about every base. Uh, yeah. That's a yeah, absolutely. Storm Tracker podcast today. Yep, it's a wrap on that. FSU week, baby. Let's go. Let's go. All right, until the next episode.